0: Do you struggle with not knowing how to address specific wrong behaviors in your children from a biblical perspective are you frustrated with parenting books that tell you you should be reaching the hearts of your children but don't tell you how to do it well then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode i'm your host katie morgan and welcome to parenting with ginger hubbard ginger is the best-selling author of don't make me count to three wise words for moms and i can't believe you just said that she speaks at women's events parenting conferences and homeschool conventions across the country you can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it encouraging, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a monthly or even a one-time donation? Whether it's a dollar a month or $20 a month, your support helps to sustain this podcast and keep it on the air. If you feel led to partner with us, please just go to gingerhubbard.com support to donate any amount. And thank you, listeners, for your support, which enables us to further our mission, which is to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. If you're a homeschooling mom like me, then you know the excitement of peeling that protective film off a set of curricula, complete with brand new lesson plans. But as we all know, a week or so into those plans, life happens. Someone gets sick. Someone leaves their spelling book at the soccer field. Someone gets stuck on a math concept, and suddenly— those lesson plans are completely obsolete. This is one of the many reasons I'm excited to introduce you to the BJU Press Homeschool Hub, When life inevitably happens and our plans change, the Hub calendar makes any necessary assignment adjustments with just a few clicks of a mouse. But that's not all it can do. I can look at the Hub dashboard and quickly see how my kids have progressed through their courses, what assignments they need to finish, and how many lessons they have before each course is completed. There's also a grade book that will track graded assignments and create report cards. My favorite part is that I can keep track of our wonderful BJU Press courses as well as any other outside resources. So I have one, tool that keeps track of everything it's almost like they asked a bunch of homeschoolers hey what's the most stressful part of homeschooling and then they developed an awesome tool to alleviate those issues next i hope they'll get to work on the housekeeping hub to find out more about bju press homeschool hub go to bjupresshomeschool.com and watch the video to learn more again that's bjupresshomeschool.com Well, Ginger, I know last week was so encouraging to our listeners as we talked about specific behavior struggles children face and how your Wise Words for Moms chart helps to address them from a biblical and heart-oriented perspective.
1: Yeah. One thing I've learned through speaking at parenting conferences and homeschool conventions and moms events is that moms love specific scenarios and practical solutions. So we've decided (laughs) to offer a continuation of what we did last week, where we talked to our listeners um, about some different behaviors their kids struggled with, and we walked them through how to use the Wise Words for Moms chart for addressing specific struggles children face from a biblical perspective. So just
0: a quick recap. Last week, we talked about how to address children who are just disobedient, as well as children who might not be outwardly disobedient, but are doing it with a defiant attitude or a defiant look. We also talked about how to address kids who are being destructive with their toys or property. So this week, we thought we would tackle a few more behaviors by using Ginger's Wise Words for Mom's Chart. But before we do, Ginger and I are so excited by all the ratings and reviews we have received on various podcast platforms. We want to read a review by listener Brittany in North Carolina because... It was such a huge encouragement to us, as they all are. But here's what Brittany wrote to us. I read Ginger's book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, right before COVID hit. I had never heard such practical, biblical parenting advice. The past two years have been challenging in many ways. We added boy number three, have a child in second grade Spanish immersion school, and have a very feisty three-year-old. I lost my joy in motherhood and spent so many precious moments depressed and irritable. I recently went on a social media fast and decided to find some Christian podcasts. To my absolute delight, I found Ginger and Katie. These podcasts are renewing and prioritizing my relationship with Jesus and have been life changing for myself and my family. I listen to them as I drive alone to work or even with the kids in the car, as I prepare dinner or the 50th snack of the day, do laundry, (laughs) dishes, and clean. Thank you, ladies, from the bottom of my heart. I am now able to respond with more self control a gentle tongue, and teach my boys how to put off the old and put on the new. Keep going, ladies. God is doing an amazing work through you both. God bless. I have chills.
1: Mm. (laughs) I know. That makes me tear Uh, up. It does me too, Ginger. Thank you so much for that, Brittany. That is such an encouragement to us because that is mine and Katie's heart Mm -hmm. is to encourage you in the high calling of motherhood and to not get discouraged and know that the work you're doing is kingdom work. It is the most important work that you can be doing. So I'm so glad that you've been encouraged in that way. And
0: that encourages us. Okay, Ginger, let's jump right back in and pick up where we left off last week because I know our listeners are eager to hear as many scenarios and solutions as we can pack into one episode. We'll see how well we can do. (laughs) All right, let's do it. I'm not sure that many of our listeners can identify with this one, Ginger, um, but we'll do it anyway. Let's talk about siblings aggravating each other.
1: (laughs) I'm sure nobody can relate to that.
0: Mm -mm. (laughs) We actually had a listener, Heidi, from Texas, write in with a question about her two boys who, using her words— are mortal enemies. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty intense. It uh, does. I'll give you a bit of her question in my scenario but I'm I'm setting up a Pretty fictional. Well, let's just say this way. I took a lot of creative liberty with Heidi's story. So here we go. I can't wait to hear this. (laughs) This is a story about 11-year-old Ranger and eight-year-old George. By the way, I chose the most Texas-sounding names I could think of. (laughs) I love all your names. (laughs) Big Brother Ranger fits the firstborn stereotype pretty well. He's tidy. A rule follower, very particular about his stuff, and is extremely interested in justice. He makes it his job to ensure that everyone else stays in line, or else he's going to tell. (laughs) Eight-year-old George couldn't be more different from his big brother. He's happy-go-lucky. He flies by the seat of his pants, goes with the flow, and can't be bothered to keep things tidy, his stuff or anyone else's. He never met a boundary he didn't want to bend or a rule he couldn't break. These two brothers couldn't be more different if they were a sheriff and an outlaw in a Western film. (laughs) One frigid Texas morning, as it gets so much in Texas, George felt a bit cold, and rather than get a blanket from his own room, he decided to get one from Sheriff Ranger's room. Only, it was Sheriff Ranger's special blanket that he had folded and put on his chair just so. Ranger was immediately angry that his brother had touched his things, and he ran straight to mom. Mom, George took my special blanket from my chair, even though I've told him a hundred times not to touch it. George was so accustomed to his brother's constant tattling that he just stood there holding the blanket. He nonchalantly said, "'I don't see why you can't let me use your blanket if I'm cold. Do you want me to be cold?' Do you care more about your blanket (laughs) than you do your little brother? (laughs) Apparently, George had been listening really well when mom pulled out the wise words for mom's chart. George knew (laughs) he was aggravating his brother, but he didn't understand why his brother had to make such a big deal about a silly blanket. Mom was at a loss for what to do. She was fed up with the tattling, the intentional aggravating, and the lack of compassion from both of her children. What should she do? So, Ginger, we can identify several issues here. Let's start with the little brother, George. So, in our listener's original question, she did mention that she felt she should address the boundary issues with her younger son, but that it's hard to do that when she has another child who tattles even at the slightest infraction.
1: Yeah. Well, first, let me just say, Katie, that it is fascinating the way your mind works. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: love your stories. Don't dig too deep in there.
1: (laughs) Uh, and, And you're right in this scenario that there are two separate issues going on aggravating and tattling. So let's start with a younger brother who struggles with aggravating. The quick knee-jerk response might be to say something like, stop aggravating your brother or you're going to get it. Mm. But as moms, we are wise to go deeper than that and try to get to the issue of the heart. And we can do that by asking a couple of heart-probing questions that I have listed on the chart. Now, certainly you don't have to word it the same way that I do on the chart. Uh, You know how to best communicate with your child. And of course, their age and maturity level also needs to be considered in how you word things. You word things differently for younger kids as you would older kids. But these questions are just to get you going in the right direction for helping a child who is intentionally aggravating a sibling. So the first question I've suggested is, sweetheart, are you purposing in your heart to promote peace?" or are you stirring up trouble? Now, of course, it's always better to tailor the questions that I've listed on the chart to be more specific to the situation that your kids are facing. So you might say, George, in taking your brother's blanket, were you promoting peace or stirring up trouble? Another question might be, how can you show love and pursue peace in this
0: situation? I love that question for this mom to ask her youngest son because he knows very well likely that taking things from his brother's room is not going to bring about a peaceful resolution. And listeners, again, the great thing about this chart is that it's easy to find the information you need in the moment. There are 22 behaviors listed in alphabetical order, so you can really quickly find what you need while the crime scene is still active, so to speak. (laughs) And the heart-probing questions help us to get past the outward behavior and pull out the sin issue in the child's heart. Then once you've identified that heart issue, you move on to step two, which is telling the child what to put off in accordance with God's word.
1: That's right. In Ephesians, we're told to put off our old selves and put on our new selves. So kids who are aggravating need to put off stirring up strife. In our reproof, we want to teach them what God's word says about that particular behavior. And the great thing about the chart is that I've already done all the homework for you. I've listed specific verses that you can use for each of those behaviors. So for strife, you might say, sweetheart, did you know that one of the seven things that God hates is one who stirs up trouble with his brothers?" That's Proverbs six nineteen. That's a powerful verse to explain what God's word has to say about that. And then we are to put on peacemaking. Proverbs twelve twenty says that God gives joy to those who promote peace. And just an extra word of encouragement here. Don't just talk about what God's word says when your kids have done something wrong. Also take every opportunity to talk about it uh, when you witness them doing something good and something right that pleases God. Think about it. When our kids do something good on their own, what's the first thing they want to do? They want to come tell you about it because they have so much joy in their hearts. Talk about that joy you see and talk about who put it there. You might say, honey, that joy that I see in your heart that's bubbling up and overflowing because you chose to be a peacemaker, God put that joy in your heart because you chose to honor
0: him by being kind and putting your brother first. Mm, That is such a great point. And you know, Ginger, one thing I sensed from Heidi's question was that she was pretty much bombarded with these types of issues throughout the day. And I can imagine, actually, I've experienced it in our own home, that we can feel as moms like we do nothing but correct our children from the moment they wake up until the moment they go to bed for the 15th time that day. It is exhausting, but yep. we really need to try to find those moments when we can encourage our children, especially if they choose to put on kindness or to put on peacemaking rather than making a sinful choice. Now, I, I do want to say one more thing that this made me think of while you were speaking, Ginger, is that um, I just lost it. Oh, I, bet I I can think for you, Katie. Were you going to say something about how a lot
1: of times with younger kids, parents think that their kids aren't old enough to understand the Word of
0: God, so they think there's no point in using God's Word? No, that's not what I was going to say, but go ahead and say that, because we do need to say that. We've had many questions about that, Ginger. Go ahead and say that. Yeah, well, you know, the
1: way that kids learn words is when parents use them in the context of the moment. That's how they learn to say mama and daddy and yes and no and bye-bye and all of those words is because their parents are saying them in the context of the moment. Well, it's the same with God's Word. We want to go ahead and start speaking God's Word to them in the context of the moment because we want them to begin to grasp and understand God's Word at a very young age as soon as they can. So don't shy away from using God's Word. Thinking that your kids are too young to understand Mm -hmm. it, the more you speak God's word, the more they're going to understand God's word, and the more it's going to be
0: planted in their heart. And the younger, the better. Absolutely. Well, I do remember what I was going to say because I can see how a child who is more easygoing, go with the flow, it might be easier to not identify the sins of their hearts as easily, Mm -hmm. um, or you know, to really harp on the child whose sins are just all out there in the open and. I would just caution parents to not ignore the sins in the hearts of those kids who are a little bit easier to get along with, to be perfectly honest. And um, and really seek to encourage those kids who are a little bit more out there <laughs> with their sinful behavior. Because I think right. if if we have more than one child, we can see the differences. I mean, they're all so different in in the way that they are, their personalities, how how they emote very differently from one another. So that would be my encouragement uh, to mm-hmm. this mom especially is to to really keep that in mind that just because a child's not expressing their sin outwardly doesn't mean it's not there that's right that's a that's a good word Okay, keeping with the same Texas brawl that we have going on, let's address the issue of tattling. We do have an episode about that very thing. So listeners, you'll wanna check out episode 43 called Taming the Tattletail if you haven't already done so. So Ginger, what can this mom do to lovingly discipline Sheriff Ranger? Well, one of the
1: suggested questions for the tattler in the chart is, could it be that you are delighting
0: in getting your brother or sister in trouble? And I can say from experience that the child's knee-jerk reaction to this question might be no, no because they probably don't feel like they're delighting in anything at that moment because they're angry. So Mm -hmm. I also like to ask, would you like to see your brother punished for what he's done? And that leads really well into step two. Yep.
1: Yeah, again, the questions listed on the chart, those are just to get you going in the right direction. Right. So I very much encourage you to tailor those questions to the situation and in accordance with how it, the best way to communicate with your individual child. Right. You know your kids, you know what they're going to respond to. Step two. They are to put off tailbearing because the Bible says in Proverbs 17, 5, whoever rejoices in calamity will not go unpunished. Or another translation says whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. To put it simply, it's sinful to take joy in someone else's suffering, which is maybe not always, but often at the heart of tattling. The way I've suggested explaining this to a small child um, on the chart is by saying, If you are trying to get your brother or sister in trouble, then you will get in trouble because that's not right in your heart. Mm. Step three for helping the tattling child is to train them to put on encouragement. Hebrews 10, 24 says that we are to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So you might say, honey, what could you have said to your brother to encourage him? And then whatever he comes up with, then you may have to help him come up with something to say, but have him go back and say those words to his brother. Siblings who learn to encourage one another are siblings who cultivate and enjoy unity in their relationships. Mm -hmm. They tend to be much closer because they show love and support by spurring each other
0: on. So mom can encourage little brother to show respect for his brother's special things. And big brother can show kindness and patience toward his little brother by gently reminding him of mom's rules if he happens to break them in order to try to keep his brother from sinning. Well, Ginger, I like the little side note that you have on the chart about tattling, which is the exception to the rule. And it says children should come directly to mom when another child is endangering himself, endangering someone else or destroying property.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, as parents, God gives us that discernment. We can totally tell the difference between a child who is coming to us out of genuine concern versus the child who is coming because they are taking delight in
0: getting the other one in trouble. That's exactly right. I had this conversation with our youngest today in the car because they were going to my parents' house, and I was sort of going through the rules again, you know, as we do every week when I take them to Mm -hmm. their house, and I'm like, all right, so we're not going to be tattling this week, and well, but mom, what if I'm injured? that's not tattling. Uh, but, but what if, you know, so-and-so is destroying something and I'm like, okay, that's a great point. And so, I mean, they, they try to come up with every possible scenario. That's the exception to the rule. So they've heard, yeah, well, they've heard me say this many times and they know, and it's very helpful to distinguish between tattling and what mom does need to know. It keeps them safe. That's good. I love that. Okay, Ginger, there were lots of issues happening in my semi-fictional Western. Uh, We discussed aggravating and tattling, but both boys had trouble also with sharing. By the way, Mm -hmm. we covered that in great detail in episode six. That one is called When Kids Won't Share. And one of the biggest challenges I face as a mom right now is the sheer quantity of correction that's required. I feel like I could use every inch of this chart in just about every conversation I have with my kids. (laughs) But I'm starting to think, I'm starting to think, Ginger, that's not the point. Our goal as Christian parents is to lovingly shine the light of God's word on the dark corners of their hearts in order to bring them to genuine biblical repentance. We don't want to weaponize God's word in order to get the behavior modification we desire in our kids. Mm. So speaking of constant irritating behaviors that make our ears bleed, let's address <laughs> another common behavior, complaining. Ginger, we got a question from a listener a while back that would be a great fit for this particular topic. This is from Olivia in Pennsylvania, and I'm actually going to read her question rather than dramatize it. Sorry, I know you love that. Oh, I'm <laughs> sad. Here's what Olivia says: I am struggling with my ten-year-old firstborn son. We homeschool, and he is constantly whining, complaining, and getting angry about schoolwork, chores, meals, or anything not to his liking. I just recently began to understand that my stress and anxiety come from his constant grumbling. I tried talking to him. I began to ignore his whining and demand he does as he is told. I tried addressing the heart issue of selfishness and ungratefulness, and I'm just at a loss. I feel like I missed my training years when he was younger, and now I have no idea how to deal with it in his preteen years.
1: Well, first, Olivia, it's never too late to start training your son in the truths of God's word. You can trust God's timing, and I know you said that you've tried addressing the heart issues of selfishness and ungratefulness, and that it doesn't seem like that it's working. But even when you might not be seeing the results that you'd like to see, God is working because we're told in Isaiah 55, 11, that God's word does not return void. It's living and active. And remember, your responsibility is not to change your son's heart. Mm. Only God can change his heart. Your responsibility is to train and instruct and point him to Jesus and to pray that God would bring about change in his heart for his glory. So if you're bringing your son up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, if you're teaching him the truths of God's word, and pointing him to his need for Jesus and praying for God to do a work in his heart, you're doing all you can do. You can lay your head down at night knowing that the rest is God's work. Mm. So do your part and lay the rest at the feet of Jesus. You might start with just a couple of heart probing questions about complaining such as, is your attitude showing thankfulness and contentment? And what can you be thankful for in this
0: situation? Ginger, I'm so glad you said that because I have often felt the way Olivia does. And I know many of our listeners do because we get questions every day along those lines. I'm doing this over and over, but I'm not seeing results. And much of our weariness as parents likely stems from this belief that we're doing our part, but we're not seeing their hearts change in a manner consistent with what we want to see. But that's not our job. Our job is to faithfully and lovingly correct, rebuke, and trained in righteousness. So Ginger, once we're lovingly asking heart-probing questions, what do we do next?
1: Well, next we want to talk to them about what to put off. Philippians 2.14 says that we are to do everything without complaining and arguing. So we are to put off complaining. And then for step three, we are to put on thankfulness. You might say, It is God's will that you be thankful and joyful in all circumstances. And that encouragement comes from 1 Thessalonians 5 16 through 18. And again, you're going to want to tailor the questions and instructions for the situation. So, Olivia, since he's complaining about things like schoolwork and chores, you might ask, Is your attitude about doing your schoolwork or is your attitude about doing your chores showing thankfulness and contentment? God's will is for you to be thankful and joyful in all things, even schoolwork and chores. So how can you show that thankfulness while you're doing those things? Now, I do want to issue a word of caution. Uh, the more familiar your kids become with the Wise Words for Moms chart, the more likely they are to start whipping it out on you. So be <laughs> prepared. That's what my kids w- did with me. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with a little accountability. Mm. Uh, Olivia, I homeschooled my kids too. And uh, so they were with me enough to know that I had some of the same struggles they had, such as complaining. That was a biggie for me, I have to confess. So it wasn't uncommon for them to remind me about that Wise Words for Moms chart that we had hanging in our kitchen when they heard me complaining about something. And in those moments, I would have to ask myself those same questions that I would ask my kids. Is my attitude showing thankfulness and contentment? No. No because I'd rather be doing something else too. Mm. So be prepared for accountability. And it you know, it wasn't long ago that one of my adult kids said, so who was it that wrote that children's book about whiting? <laughs> <laughs> that would be me.
0: Now go to your room.
1: Oh, Ginger, it's <laughs> fine.
0: You can have the last laugh when your kids have smart alecky kids of their own one day. <laughs> and I shall. Yes, you shall. <laughs> Well, listeners, we've done a whole episode on whining. That's episode 24. And we also had an episode for kids about whining. And that's episode 63. So we'll put a link in the show notes to all the episodes we're mentioning so you guys can easily find those. Uh, But here again, Ginger, I love how your chart offers a quick in-the-moment reference guide for helping kids communicate with self-control and parents for communicating with (laughs) self-control. So walk us through that one.
1: Sure. Again, you just want to start out with a couple of simple questions to help them take ownership for the sin in their own hearts. Something like, sweetheart, are you talking with a self-controlled voice? No, honey, you're not. God wants you to have self-control even
0: with your voice. And again, that goes for moms as well. And this (laughs) is one of my favorite things about the chart. It's an automatic switch in my mind. It really is. I go from irritated and tempted to spout off some frustrated remark to instead asking heart-probing questions in a calm manner. It really is a game changer for me. And I can see a huge difference in my behavior and in my children when I use it.
1: Yeah, it was exactly the same with me, Katie. Uh, It just made a huge difference in the way I responded to my kids when I took time to think about what I wanted to say Mm -hmm. before I said it. So moving on to step two, which is what to put off. Titus 2.12 says that we are to put off ungodliness. Whining is a form of ungodly communicating. Instead, they are to put on self-control. So you might say, God wants you to have self-control, sweetie, even with your voice.
0: Ginger, I also love how in your book, I can't believe you just said that, you recommend setting a timer for two or three minutes and saying, when the timer goes off, then you may come back and communicate the right way with self-control. And if they aren't willing to do that, then the natural consequence is they don't get what they're asking for.
1: Right, or even if they aren't necessarily asking for something, but just talking in a whiny voice, a lot of kids just communicate in a wh- with a whiny voice yeah. because they've gotten so accustomed to it. Mm. Uh, well, same consequence, same natural consequence. They don't get to have that conversation with mom or dad until they can talk with self control. We need to utilize mm-hmm. these natural
0: consequences. Absolutely, that worked beautifully for one of my kids. I would just say, I really want to hear what you have to say, but I can't when you use a whiny voice. You know, God yep, wants you to that's communicate good. with self control, and it worked, and it. It stopped. And
1: I love that you added that. I I Mm -hmm. really want to hear what you have to say. I like that.
0: Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. Today's quick tip is courtesy of Beth from Ontario. And here's what she says. I just learned this and I'm so excited to share. I have a specific stainless steel travel thermos that I made my Earl Grey tea in. Mine has had a stubborn brown residue that I just couldn't get out. And here's the magic trick. Take a dishwasher pod. Pop it in the bottom. Then take boiled water and pour it in. Set your timer for 30 minutes. Immediately, you will notice some bubbling and action going on. Don't touch it before 30 minutes. Dump out the water that's now turned a yucky brown and boom, it's sparkling silver. That's wow, a great idea. I'm totally
1: going to use that. All of uh, our coffee mugs are, are nasty,
0: Those, especially the stainless mm-hmm. steel ones. Just mm-hmm. disgusting looking. So I'm, I'm going to try that. I love it. That's a great tip. I've actually seen my father-in-law do the same thing with really stubborn pots and pans. He'll let them soak overnight with a dishwasher pot in them. And it works like a charm. It, oh, it, it wow. That is, that's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll totally be using that. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. Well, Ginger, before you leave us with a final word of encouragement, I just want to encourage our listeners to grab a copy of your Wise Words for Moms chart and consider grabbing a couple of extra copies for their mommy friends who are wanting to reach the hearts of their children. The charts also make great inexpensive gifts for baby showers and dedications, and these charts are only $5, seriously the best $5 you'll ever spend. And if you'd like to get a few extra copies to share, we're offering a buy three, get a fourth chart free at gingerhubbard.com. So that's $15 for four charts. And if you use the code parenting, we will give you an additional 10% off.
1: Also, just a quick reminder that Katie and I will be speaking at FPEA, that's the Florida Parent Educators Association in Orlando, Florida, in just a few weeks. Those dates are May 26th through 28. And for more information, you guys can uh, go and register at fpea.com. Okay, Ginger, how about that final word of encouragement? Sure. Let's be intentional. And take every opportunity we can to help our children take ownership for the sin in their hearts and recognize their need for christ let's give them biblical instructions for what to put off and what to put on and let's point them to jesus knowing that it is his power alone that changes hearts and transforms lives
0: thank you so much ginger and thank you listeners for joining us If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you're listening. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or a review? This is a huge help to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash ask a ginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode or make up a scenario about it. <laughs> That's a possibility too. <laughs> Definite possibility. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective today we're offering ginger's wise words for mom's chart as well as the bundle deal of buy three get a fourth chart free at a 10 percent discount when you use the code parenting at GingerHubbard.com. if you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from ginger be sure to follow her on instagram at ginger.hubbard and you can connect with me on instagram at katie in a corner that's k-a-t-y in a corner Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Jindra, I love how you just love. I love.